It's time for Money Talk, your chance to call in and receive answers to all your financial questions, from investment management to planning for your retirement and beyond. The experts at BC Wealth Management are here to help, so you don't have to navigate these difficult financial decisions alone. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. Call in now, 356-9397. And now here is Money Talk. And good morning and welcome to Money Hawk. I'm your host, Kurt Anderson, and uh, my distinguished co-host is here today, Aaron Sutton, Chartered Financial Analyst uh, from Busey Wealth Management, and uh, we welcome you to the show. You know, it's uh, it's uh, the weather. It's a little chillier today, Aaron. <laughs> Feels like fall out there. I think it's officially begun. Yeah, you know, I, I, was, I was complaining. I wish we had some fall weather, and then when it gets here, I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I like it. Feels yeah. like football weather. You know, it's nice to work outside. I think it's perfect. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's that that old saying: if you don't like the weather in in, in Central Illinois, just wait a day, and you know, it'll change. Kind of exactly. reminds me of the markets. Okay, kind of That's weaving right. that in, Aaron. That's you know, right. it was interesting. You know, in the traditional fall fashion, uh, you know, we had markets that went down in September and early October. And then if you just waited around a little bit, yesterday I think the Dow hit an all-time high. Is that correct or close to that? That's exactly right. Yeah, I was talking to a few clients yesterday, and they got their 930 statements, and they were a little nervous. They saw things were down a little bit, and so we were talking to them. They said, hey, Aaron, you know what, what's going on here? And I said, well, the good news is if we look today, you've already made up all those losses. So <laughs> it was a really easy conversation. Uh, definitely doesn't always work out that way, but... Like you said, we finished the quarter on a little bit of a weak note. Um, But, yeah, just yesterday, basically, the market was back to all-time highs. So things are looking pretty good. You know, along the lines, though, with clients, you know, certainly I think over the time, although nobody really likes volatility, I think they've gotten a little bit more desensitized to it simply because if you look at at the volatility we experienced in the market today versus, like, say, 10, 20 years ago, it is quite a bit more. It is. Yeah, certainly uh, markets move more, and I'd say they move faster, too. It seems like the market adjusts to news items a little quicker. Um, you know, just with the information that's out there, the ability to day trade, uh, the easy access to the market, the low trading cost, which is very unique relative right. to 20 or 30 years ago. I think all that leads to, yeah, quicker trading in the market. Yeah, absolutely. Well, bring us up to date with what's sure. going on. You had some interesting statistics this morning. And, and by the way, before you start, though, I want everybody to keep tuned in because we're going to talk about a really interesting subject in the second half of our show mm-hmm. today, and that's cryptocurrency. So you're going to want to want to listen to that. So go ahead and take yeah, off. Yeah, that's one we get asked about all the time. So, yeah, with the news items out there, the one I always like to start with because it comes out today is the jobless claims. And fortunately, it was some good news. Uh, jobless claims fell to about 290,000. Uh, It's a fresh new pandemic low. Now, granted, that's still elevated from where it was pre-pandemic, but it's definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, We've talked about this numerous times over the previous shows. Uh, We had the enhanced unemployment benefits end uh, last month, and so it does look like that's maybe starting to have a little bit of an impact. Like I said, those numbers continue to trend down. And then we also like to look at the continuing claims number as well. Uh, that fell to just about two under 2.5 million. Uh, that's also a fresh pandemic low. So again, uh, job market's definitely trending in the right direction, uh, and I think that's helping to support the market. And again, uh, had a nice reaction to that news this morning. Also out today is the manufacturing activity in the Philadelphia area. Now that slowed slightly from last month, but it's definitely still expanding. So. 
uh, still trending in the right direction. It appears that that slowdown was somewhat related to the supply constraints uh, that we've talked about last show and have definitely been well publicized out there. So, again, just to expand on that a little bit, I'm sure everybody's seen this in the news. Uh, ships are being backed up at ports. Uh, container ship or the actual containers are starting to build up on some of the warehouse lots. And related to that, I found this interesting article today. Uh, this actually came from CNN. Uh, talking about the trucking industry. Now, in that article, uh, they you know interviewed the uh, trucking industry of the United States. They noted that they are short 80,000 drivers right now. And so I think this is really what's leading to the supply constraint is there's just not enough drivers out there to move these goods around. And so that's why you're seeing these backups at the port. You're having the ships build up off seas. It's because they can't unload the goods because there's not enough drivers uh, to take those away. So a, a big issue out there, um, probably you know, not going to – or go ahead. Well, what's interesting about that is, you know, the president just announced that, you know, we're going to try to keep these ports open, you know, 24-7. But if you have no one to haul the goods away, what really good does that do? That's exactly right. And I got into the weeds a little bit, probably more than anybody would ever want to know, but – the oh, please, it, t- share it with yeah, us. Yeah, the way it works is at these ports, uh, these truck drivers basically have to sit in these really long lines just to get into the port. They don't know how long they're going to be there. And, again, if you're a truck driver, that's just downtime. You want to be moving goods. You don't want to be sitting in line at the port. And so, Yeah, because you probably get paid by the mile, I imagine. Exactly. Yeah, you're not getting paid to sit there. And so, um, yeah, that's really where the shortage is is for those port truck drivers because it's it's a tough job and it doesn't pay all that well. So there's going to have to try to be some solution there. I don't know what it is. I'm not a trucking expert, but uh, hopefully somebody smarter than me can get this figured out and, and get the supply constraint eased. Yeah. You know, I heard something else that, and I don't know if this is true or not, but they were saying that like in the port of Los Angeles, only one of the ports is actually publicly owned and the other ones are private. And so really the 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 government edict you have to stay open really can only apply to one of the ports and okay. or one of the one of the operators and the rest of them can kind of do what they want to do because they're they're private. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. And I know too um you you're dealing with strong unions there as well, so you right. got to negotiate with the unions to change hours. Uh so it's a complicated situation. Um one interesting thing I saw is to help alleviate this situation is currently uh you have to have a minimum age of 21. Uh, to be a truck driver across uh, state lines. Well, there's some discussion of possibly lowering that to maybe, you know, 19, 20, uh, to try to open up the pool to more drivers. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on, and that could be a change that we see to help alleviate the situation. Interesting. Yep. Uh, another news item I thought uh, I, I would hit on today is just home sales. Uh, that's been a hot topic here lately. Not surprisingly, they were really strong in the month of September. Uh, sales rose 7% to $6.3 million. Um, so, again, the housing market's still doing great. Uh, housing prices rose again. So the median price is now up to about 353000 And that's a little over 13% higher than it was just a year ago. So uh, we talk about the stock market doing well, but housing prices are rising pretty quickly also. So your home has become quite an investment. That's right. And I think what we're seeing is – you know, we talk about the supply constraint, but a big part of that is consumer spending has been so strong. And I think we're seeing a strong wealth effect with the market at all-time highs, housing prices rising. 
you know, consumers are just feeling comfortable about their financial situation, willing to spend a little more. And so, again, it's a good thing, but it's leading to some of these constraints that we're seeing. It's kind of interesting, though, the dynamic of they're prepared to spend more, obviously are trying to spend more, but the goods and services aren't getting from the ports to, to where, where, you, where you could. Just think if, if, if that was all solved, what would be going on? Yeah, it, it would be even higher, and it would probably alleviate some of these inflation concerns uh, that we've seen here recently. Because like yeah. you said, when you got – too many dollars chasing too few goods. That's exactly what leads to inflation. It starts driving up prices. Well, let me if you ha- let me ask you if you have a number on this because certainly one of the things that we're seeing not only at Busey Wealth Management but also Busey Bank is just this huge influx of depo- influx of deposits of cash. Yeah, like we have never seen before. And it doesn't matter how low interest rates go, the dollars keep flowing in. Why? You know, do you have some data on that? I don't. I don't have any good numbers, uh, more anecdotal information like you have. I know all the client meetings I've had recently, they're sitting on extra cash. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, they're waiting for a good time to put that to work or to find something to do with it. But uh, the market just seems to kind of keep going up. Um, and, yeah, they're just kind of willing to kind of sit on a little extra cash at this time because uh, there's really not a great place to put it. There's no kind of screaming buys out there, if you will. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, so what I thought I'd do next, as we always do, is just run through some of the numbers uh, for the market. Uh, so I've got our, our standard report here. Looking at the S&P 500 since our last show, that's up about 1.4%. And now year-to-date, that's back above 20%. Uh, we're sitting at a 22% gain year-to-date uh, for that S&P 500. So just a fantastic year. Uh, you know, some other numbers I pulled, and I thought this was quite fascinating, Looking at the trailing numbers, if you look over the last five years, the S&P 500 is now up 18.4% per year. Year. That's an annualized number. And over the last 10 years, it's up 16.4% per year. These are just some outstanding numbers. And kind of where I'm going with this is that is well above the historical averages for the market. If you Go ahead. It reminds me a little bit of the – of the 90s, Aaron, <laughs> because oh, if I yeah. remember right, the now I might be wrong in this, but I believe in the 1990s, the uh, S&P 500 averaged about 18%. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is, though, at that time, you were looking at the S&P uh, PE ratios, like 27, 28, 29, somewhere right. in there. And I think still are, you know, are they're probably around 20 or so. Yeah, low 20s. Yeah. So, so it's still high, but not quite Not nosebleed yeah. section like it was back because uh, – you know, because, you know, that's kind of be, that's the party and you start worrying about if there's going to be a hangover. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. You know. And speaking of that hangover, it lasted pretty long in that case. So, yeah, some of our listeners may recall we had what was termed the lost decade in stock returns. That's because you want 10 years where basically from a price return standpoint, you got no return from the U.S. market. Um, I don't think we're quite setting up for that, um, but. I think returns are going to be a little below average going forward from these levels. Yeah, that so, would make sense. Exactly. So, And really, the, I think that back then, you know, it was really fueled with, you know, uh, to me, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call it greed, you know, technology. It's the new economy. It's all these kind of things were going yep. up. This time, a lot of it's been by the Fed, the fact that there is not really any options to invest in. You know, you, maybe back then you could go into a 5 or 6% treasury or something. Yep. You can't do that today. You know, you're still looking at a 10-year at like 1.6. 
Yeah. You're looking at a 30-year. I mean, think of locking your money up for 30 years and getting 2%. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you can still get more income yield from the market, stock market, than you can from the bond market. Right. So you're right. It, it's forced people there. It's really the only game in town if you want to earn any sort of return. Right, right. All right. Um, yeah, looking at some of the other markets, mid caps and small caps did a little better. Uh, those were up about 3% since our last show. Uh, the mid caps are right in line with large cap year to date, right at about 22. Uh, the Russell 2000 year to date is up about 17%. Now, looking in the international markets, that's kind of been interesting, especially in the emerging markets. Uh, we really saw those get hit hard at the end of the third quarter, particularly in China. Now, last show we had talked about some of the increased regulation that was happening, uh, how the government was stepping into some of these industries. And then in addition to that, you had one of the large property developers there uh, named Evergrande right. actually default on some debt right near the end of the quarter, uh, really weighed on those inter, uh, the emerging markets and pushed returns down. We're still in positive territory there year-to-date, but those markets are only up about 2.7% now year-to-date primarily because of the struggles in China. Okay. And then finally, the bond market, uh, yeah, it gave up some gains since our last show. Uh, if we look at the Barclays Aggregate Index, it was down about 1.5%. Uh, so speaking of yields that you just mentioned, Kurt, at the time of our last show, the 10-year Treasury bond was yielding about 1.3%. That's come up a little uh, to almost 1.7%. And so for our listeners out there, uh, there's always an inverse relationship between interest rates and bond prices. So when interest rates rise, like they did, uh, you see bond prices fall. And so that's what led to those negative returns. Right. And like you said, uh, with the Federal Reserve now shifting their policy, our best guess is that those trends will continue and we'll continue to see interest rates rise over the next few years as they unwind some of these policies they put in place. Yeah. Okay. Well, Thank you very much for the market update, Aaron. Deeply appreciate it. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, go to commercial, and then we'll be right back to Money Talk, and we're going to talk about cryptocurrency. BC Bank, leading the way to your financial wellness. No matter where your financial journey begins, Pathways Banking Options at Busey are designed with your goals in mind. Busey Bank, building strong financial futures, one family, one street, one city at a time. Busey. Your partner in building business and growing wealth since 1868. Member FDIC. You've set your financial goals. One kid plans to go Big Ten, the other Ivy. Your bucket list includes seaside sunrises and sunsets on the slopes, or perhaps a second home away from it all. Busey Bank can help develop the right investment strategy to take charge of the years ahead. Busey Bank. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. And good morning and welcome back to Money Talk. I'm your host, Kurt Anderson, with my co-host, Aaron Sutton. And uh, and isn't it great to hear we're the official bank of the Fighting Illini? I kind of I like that. Exactly. Yeah. I love seeing uh, our name in the stadium. That's yeah, I love watching family. national television and seeing our name, uh, you know, on, whether it's the football field or the basketball court, you can see our name, and I love it. It's even in uh, the Cardinal Stadium down in St. Louis, down oh. in Bush Stadium, we got our name in there. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. we love to hear that. Well, look, at, well, also we love to talk about interesting subjects, and I got to tell you, 
I don't remember the last time that I've been stopped on the street at parties. My my barber, I was in the chair the other day, and everybody <laughs> wants to talk about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. You know, my number one question I always used to get is, should I pay up my mortgage or should I invest? You know, that kind of question. But this is just really blown through the doors. And so we've got our resident expert on cryptocurrency in the house today. That's uh, Arian Arslani. He's a chartered financial analyst and portfolio manager with Busey Wealth Management. Welcome, Aaron. It feels so great to join you, Kurt and Aaron, today. I've listened to Money Talk many times, and it's great to be part of it. Well, great. We're so glad to have you on the show. But hey, briefly, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in the area, uh, spent most of my time in Champaign-Urbana, went to high school here nearby, and uh, attended... Uh, University of Normal at Illinois State, uh, and that's where I received my uh, bachelor's and master's in, in financial, uh, financial economics. And uh, a little bit about myself, uh, I love Illinois sports. I'm a huge fan of our basketball team and football team, and so I'm excited to see what the basketball team does this yeah. year. <laughs> so you're excited about speaking in the, the official bank of the Fighting Illini as well? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you know, it's interesting. People ask me about cryptocurrency, and the one thing that's always evident to me, Arian, is they don't really know what it is. <laughs> and I've always, I always kind of my antenna go up when people talk about things they're interested in investing in, and they have no idea what they do, what, what, who they are, whatever, and that kind of scares me. So why don't we just start off with kind of a basic primer on what is cryptocurrency? Yeah, that's that's a great where to start it. So a little kind of history of, of Bitcoins because it's relatively new. So the history of Bitcoin really began in 2008. And so in 2008, there was a white paper, a research paper, uh, where uh, it was called Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. And it really described uh, the way you establish and monitor the peer-to-peer -peer networking. Uh, so it's relatively new. So that's why uh, maybe, you know, we're, we're learning more about this and, and people are asking questions. So in 2009, the first Bitcoin was mined, and so uh, coins are mined or obtained via complex mathematical solutions. Uh, so Bitcoin has a limited supply of only 21 million units, which is a strength of Bitcoin. And of those 21 million, about 19 have already been mined so far. And so uh, the complexity of the, uh, the mathematical solutions needed to mine are becoming uh, more difficult and requiring more computer power to, to mine the next or the few million bitcoins that are available. So Bitcoin is... Um, so just look, can we just back up because... <laughs> okay, so mining, we're not digging a hole in the ground. Really, it's it's really computers. Absolutely. And yep. systems like that, supercomputers, yep. are doing these mathematical computations yep. that are have been developed that if you can figure it out... Yep then you have a Bitcoin. Absolutely. Is that, is that kind of where we're at? Yep. Okay. Yep, All right. absolutely. Yeah, and so if you can find those solutions, uh, you'll, you'll get a Bitcoin. Um, you know, like I mentioned, it just becomes harder and harder uh, to, to solve those over time, and, and that's why there's a limit to amount of Bitcoins available. So I know this is off the track, but what <laughs> genius uh, came up with this idea? Is it, uh, I mean, yeah. Somebody has to be keeper of the of the calculations, right? Or well, if I understand it correctly, you may know this, Arian, but I think it's unknown who that, actually invented this. Uh, he's kept himself kind of out of the limelight, out of the public. Is that right? That, that's yeah, that yeah. is accurate. So well, the paper. Came I knew out. that. That's why I was asking okay. the question because it's like who is who? You know <laughs> that kind of thing. So that's yeah. that's really fascinating. So okay. Go on. So the the, the digital currency, uh, you know, it's used to, for transactions, 
And and what's interesting about Bitcoin is it's maintained in a decentralized system, and so that is that is uh, some of the you know reason that there's a lot of interest behind it. Uh, so the crypto aspect of the cryptocurrency is the digital, the virtual currency, uh, the technology, and the ledger. And so there's many people that think that that technology is is very useful, and it could be used for other aspects as well. Uh, but really, the currency aspect of cryptocurrencies, there's you know, it might not be able to meet all the functions of, of what a currency is, at least at this point um, so far. Okay. So, uh, you know, one of the things I get concerned about is, unlike other investments, okay, like let's say we bought Exxon. Mm-hmm. We all know what Exxon does. Mm-hmm. It's very transparent what they do. We can see their plants. We can put the oil or the gas in our cars. We have their earnings. We have their financials. You know, you have something. Pays you a dividend. Pays you a dividend, you know, that you can spend. Mm -hmm. Crypto is kind of like gold. It's just a thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have any earnings. It doesn't have any financials. It doesn't have anything like that. So what, why, why would one want to invest in crypto and, and how, what kind of place would it have in your life, in your portfolio? Absolutely. It's a great point. And so to your, it doesn't have a lot of productive ability. Like you mentioned, if you're investing in stocks, or bonds, you'll earn uh, earnings, or the earnings might grow. You earn a dividend, or and so div, uh, Bitcoin doesn't have any of those functions, and really that's why a lot of uh, people think it's more of a speculative asset rather than an investment. And so, really, if you're buying Bitcoin, uh, you, you're kind of hoping that somebody else will come along and, and pay <laughs> a little bit more than you bought it. So, if like you bought, gold, or like very like gold. It's it's, yeah. it, it, it's kind of like gold, but at least with gold. You, Physically, you can touch it. You can see it with Bitcoin. It's it's more digital. Yeah, so that's what I get scared about. <laughs> that's that's what I when I talk with clients. That's the number one thing I say is, well, what's a good price to buy it at? Because there's no way to value this thing. Like there is a stock or a bond, and so yeah, you or may even like you have spot thing. gold prices, so you kind of know what people are willing to pay for mm-hmm. it. And so if you kind of talk through with a client, say, okay, if you buy this today, what are you going to do if it goes down? Would you buy more? Would you sell it? How much does it have to go up before you sell it? And and those are very difficult questions to answer, but I think ones that you have to think through if you're viewing this truly as an investment is you got to try to find some way to value it, which I have not been able to do yet. So, yeah. Yeah. so if you're listening to the show today and say, well, I want to I still, I don't care what these guys say. I want to go ahead and buy some Bitcoin. <laughs> and by the way, it can, I, I'm I'm a firm believer that our world is becoming more and more digitized every single day, mm-hmm, and that that electronic currency or cryptocurrency is not going to go away. Okay, so I mean I think it's here to stay. I think the key thing is though that you have to be really careful when you want to invest in something you have absolutely no idea about because a little bit of it's just greed. Mm-hmm. All you, you, it's like you want to get in on the party. You just see right. it going up and up, and I want to do that. Well. You know, in the 1400s in the Netherlands, they bought tulip bulbs and mm-hmm. drove those sky high, right? So, you know, it can be anything kind of thing. So, so you know, I'm kind of in the opinion that, you know, look at it as a position in your portfolio. You might have, like you would normally have maybe in gold, something like that as a hedge. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but but you know, it was really freaky to me. The other day I was in, in, in uh, har- not Harvest Market, but uh, County Market. Mm-hmm. And there's a machine there, like an ATM, that you can buy Bitcoin this. in. I've in seen those around. The, yep. In uh, county market. <laughs> okay. Love you guys, but I'm just saying, really? Is that normally where you invest? Is it county market? And so how do you buy 
if you wanted to buy today, I want to buy Bitcoin, how would you do it? What do you think the best ways are to do it? And I know that's a really loaded question. Yeah, there's there's certainly many ways you can purchase Bitcoin. Uh, you know, brokers, you might be, be using Robinhood, which a lot of uh, you know young professionals are using Robinhood. You can buy it there. Uh, there's recently came an ETF where you can purchase through it. An ETF. Uh, just you have to be aware of the you know, trading fees around those. Uh, Coinbase also is another brokerage that you could buy them. The fees on that are about forty basis points, and if you're buying it through the ETF, and and forty basis points means what? <laughs> it's uh, just a fraction of a percent. Yeah, four tenths of a four percent. Four tenths of a percent. Uh, whatever the value is for you. Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. But if you're buying it through the ETF. There's also a, a, a fee on that, an annual fee, almost about 1% that you'll be charged. So you have, uh, when you're purchasing Bitcoin, there are trading fees and um, management yeah. fees as well. You know, that's one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this today, because the ETF, the Exchange Traded Fund, just started trading on the stock exchange this week, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So now you actually have a way where you can go on and you can buy Bitcoin or cryptocurrency through an Exchange Traded Fund on the stock market, just like you were buying Exxon. Right. Right? Okay. Yeah. Now, granted, with that, though, that fund does not actually own Bitcoins. Mm -hmm. It owns futures that are tied to the price of Bitcoin. Right. So it's, it's, it's a caveat or kind of a nuanced thing there. But, yeah, you're not actually truly owning Bitcoins through that ETF. So I did want to point that out to our listeners. Um, and yeah, there's. But some it gives you it gives you exposure to Bitcoin. it does right. Yep, what, it yeah. does, and you ha that makes a very it's a very good point. You have to know mm -hmm. that you're not actually buying. Oh, I own a Bitcoin. <laughs> no, you own exposure to it, basically. Yeah, because you know, Arian mentioned just the management fee associated with that of one percent. Well, when you have a futures fund like that, there can be some additional trading costs mm -hmm. that are embedded in the futures that you're trading too. So that can be an additional cost that's not reported in, say, a prospectus or anything that you would find online. That's so right. The devil's in the details always. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, and also, so the exchange rate fund, obviously you can buy it through a machine at County Market. <laughs> yep. And uh, you can do it otherwise. You know, is this, you know, what, do you consider this an investment or really is it speculation? Yeah, I think at this point, I think it's fair to say it's more of speculation. And to your prior points, it's hard to, you know, value uh, Bitcoin uh, there's no earnings, uh, there's no yield, there's no interest. And so, again, you are really uh, betting that somebody else will come along and, and take your Bitcoin away at a higher price than, than you purchased for it. And so that has the key characteristics of speculation and what we've seen in the history, uh, things like, like the tulip uh, and, and, and other speculative assets that we've seen in the past. Yeah. So what is the what is the future? Because it's interesting to me that this is a currency, right, that actually kind of competes with our currency. And I would think that the government would be somewhat concerned about all this and how it's used and when it's used and, and how it might disrupt, you know, the trade and all kinds of things. You know, what what kind of a, a really is the government's position on all this? Right. And it kind of just – yeah, the reason I'm asking this is because normally what they do is they don't like something, they basically regulate it, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. They get engaged in that. Absolutely. And we've seen some of these regulations in other countries, in particular uh, Turkey, uh, China, Vietnam. They've all put some uh, restrictions or have completely banned uh, Bitcoin. And so, uh, you know, you could certainly see that in the future as, as governments get a better understanding of what P Bitcoin is. And you could also have some further... 
uh, regulations around it. And one of the things that Bitcoin has struggled with is that it has been used to facilitate a lot of illegal transactions. And that is a potential risk to it is that that continues to happen. It might force uh, governments to impose further regulations on it. Yeah, and that's one of my concerns has always been it's, hey, we can do this and, and, and don't run, run under cover of the regulatory. Like mm-hmm. we have rules in banking and such about transactions and things. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to find money laundering and, and you know, illegal activities by that. And so uh, it's just kind of, you know, it, it's something I think is, is a major concern. Okay, we got a, I'll tell you what, we just got a few moments left, but we got a caller, Paul, who's got a question on crypto. Yeah, I got um when uh, I have some crypto, well, some Bitcoin, a couple of different brands through an app, and uh, they also offer a cash or a savings. I get well, I don't know what you call it, savings account, but anyway, you can put your cash in it, and you get eight percent interest. And there ain't nobody in this country that gives that kind of interest no they're not okay. but there's got to be a reason why <laughs> okay paul th- thank you very much uh yeah i'm not really familiar with that but you know I'm, that just shows you that obviously there's a lot of money involved in all this if they can pay somebody to, to give you pay eight percent to put your cash there and what they're doing with it i'm not quite sure have you heard about the guys I, i've heard a little bit about it uh another colleague has looked into this and it gets back to your point about it being unregulated kurt uh these accounts are not FDIC insured. Uh, they may not be backed by the real assets. There's a lot of risk involved there. That's the only way somebody can pay you 8% is if there's risk involved. I agree. I yeah. agree. Okay. Well, hey, look, I really pre- we could talk to this for about another half hour. I'd love to take more calls. <laughs> Appreciate, Paul, you calling in. Uh, sorry we didn't have a chance to really dig deep in that. But, Aaron, thank you so much. It's always great to have you on the program. Arian, thanks very much. You did Absolutely. a great job your first time out. <laughs> Appreciate can, it. can we ask you back? Absolutely. Okay, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Money Talk. Tune in the third Thursday of every month at 10.30 a.m. for more Money Talk. Brought to you by Busey Wealth Management. Right here on News Talk 1400 WDWS. <laughs>